podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for our fourth show this week. Uh, third consecutive uh, day of the week with a show. And that's before we go back to five a week next week. Um, and, and this is all due to some breaking news when it comes to conference realignment. As Brett Yormark said in his press release on July 27th at 4.30 p.m., they're back. That is right. Colorado, the University of Colorado, after over a decade away trying to make things work out in the Pacific 12 Conference, they're coming back and rejoining some of their brethren uh, that they have over 60 years, 70 years of shared history with your Kansas State Wildcats, the University of Kansas, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State. That is right. Five of the charter members of the Big 8-5 of uh, the original members are back in the conference again. We're now up to 13 uh, teams, 13 schools. And uh, in this episode, the first half of this, I'm going to really get my uh, thoughts out there um, and, and really kind of get everything in my head out there. It's been a little bit over 24 hours after the news officially broke. Uh, you know, it became official, you know, as announced, everyone did their tweets, their press releases, uh, a few hours ago. Um, I'm doing this before the board of regents in Colorado, they're doing a full press conference. Uh, so I, I don't think anything too crazy is going to happen. Um, but we're, we're just going to jump into it. I, I think even on the Monday show, I said that there was some smoke to Colorado and possibly Yukon. Uh, announcing, uh, I didn't give much credence to it, but here it is. It, it dominated the live show. It's dominating uh, this Friday show, and uh, yeah, I mean it, it, it's exciting. I'll, I'll get all my emotions out there. Um, before we do, I, ju- I do want to plug because it's already been recorded. I have one of the best episodes we've done on Bosco's Boys in the history of this podcast. Uh, I, I previewed the Big 12 with Jimmy Goheen. You might know him as KSU underscore fan on Twitter and on K-State online. That's coming out on Monday. Um, I really mean it when I say it. I think this is one of the better episodes we've ever done. Uh, so be sure to check that out on Monday. Um, this past Wednesday, we had the College Football Dream Road Trip episode. Me and Philip Slavin of the 1012 Network. Um, And then we had the live show yesterday. If you want to listen back to all the Boneheads' first takes on uh, Colorado joining back up in the Big 12, we are going to get into it. And then hopefully on Tuesday, hopefully on Tuesday, I'll have my brother on uh, to do the Big 12 dream road trip. So talking just Big 12 uh, games. Uh, And then, folks... We're going to start, starting next week, we're going to start talk uh, talking to folks, getting them on the record 
for uh, predictions for this upcoming season. So uh, it's here. The ramp-up is officially here, uh, and I'm pumped about it. Before I go on the record and I kind of get all my uh, thoughts on adding Colorado to the conference back out there, uh, remember, we're sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. They just released Towny Wheat with Raspberry. Uh, folks, this is one of the most delicious wheat beers ever. I love raspberries, so maybe I'm a little bit biased. Uh, but get into the tap room the next time you're in Manhattan and get a pint of that raspberry towny wheat. Uh, beyond just that, remember, if they're not in your local liquor store, be nice, but say, hey, I want this four-pack. I want Manhattan Brewing Company in here. Please make it happen. Be polite, but be firm. Your new favorite beer is waiting for you at Manhattan Brewing Company. You just got to try it. All right, uh, here we are. We're, we're adding Colorado. And I, I, I said a lot of this at the live show last night. And I'm more pumped about what this hopefully, and, and I'll get into why it's hopefully, I'll get into that here in a second, but why this hopefully is more of a sign of uh, what's to come for the Big 12 instead of Colorado as a whole. Now, I'm I'm, I'm 31, thir- turning uh, 32 uh, in December, so I do have some memories of you know those 90s Colorado games uh 2000s and all that type of stuff uh but but I'll be honest there isn't like a formative memory there isn't like a game that is seared into you know my brain when I think K-State Colorado and just in a vacuum I'm not I'm not popping bottles going crazy over the idea of just Colorado coming back. What I'm excited about, and and the thing that I'm hoping this signifies, is the Big 12 establishing themselves, the Big 12 giving the double birds to everyone who said, you're dead, you're done, see you later, goodbye. Because (laughs) there were a lot of those folks, and luckily... And very entertaining, uh, K-State fans have been able to dunk on them. Big 12 fans have been able to dunk on them uh, the last 48, 72 hours. That has been a ton of fun. I have had a blast doing it myself and reading the tweets. Um, We'll get into why I'm a little bit hesitant putting the stamp on it. Uh, But even in a worst case scenario, folks... The Big 12 100% has cemented themselves as the number three conference in uh, in all of college football. Uh, still the number one conference in college basketball. And I I, I just I, I don't think anything can happen to take that away. Now I think that was already established. If you want to look at metrics when it comes to TV viewership, if you want to look at metrics when it comes to on the field and on the court success, when you want to look at uh, the dollars, everything says the Big 12 at worst, depending on how you weigh everything out, at worst is the number three conference. 
again, depending on how you want to weigh things, depending on how uh, you value on court, on field versus money versus viewership, you can make arguments that they're the number two conference, especially when you give any sort of weight to basketball at all. But now it's just, you can't dispute it. Now that we've taken a scalp from another conference, uh, it can't be disputed. Now, last year adding BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF, uh, you killed off any sort of bullshit notion that the AAC was on par uh, with the Big 12. Um, I've already talked about how outside of BYU, I'm not overly excited about any of those ads. Uh, but now, if, if if there was any doubt, it's becoming quite clear that the, the Pac-12 is not on K-State's level. Or on, on the Big 12's level. Or K-State's level. Hell yeah. And what happens next could really cement it. But I am a little worried. And... Some of the stuff that you see reported, some of the stuff you see on Twitter, kind of gives you me, at least, a little bit of pause. Saying that it is 100% a done deal. Because the, the Big 12 is going to go to 14. You can't have a 13-team conference. It doesn't work like that. You would not be able to do a 9-game football schedule with only 13 There's no way that's going to work. So you need 14. So the question is, who is going to be number 14? Now, up until right before uh, this episode started, um, I thought it was pretty obvious um, who the options were. Right before I hit record, of course, Brett McMurphy decides to throw an absolute wrench into... Uh, all of that, but 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 we'll talk about it here. All along, the rumored 14th team, the team that was kind of being coupled with Colorado, basically, you know, the last, what, month and a half, the last 45 days, has been the University of Connecticut, UConn, out there in, I think it's Stores, Connecticut. And I, I think my opinion on that has been pretty... Uh, established, I think this would be a failure. I I think that if you add Colorado only to add UConn and the Pac-12 has a five-year grant of rights, I would say that that was a failure and a move that the Big 12 should not have made. I I think we would have been better off and I I would have preferred it, 100% preferred it, if we just stood tight at 12 instead of being at 14 with the addition of Connecticut and Colorado. And I don't think there's any argument, there's no argument I can see from anyone. There's nothing anyone can say to convince me otherwise that it was a good move if Connecticut is the school that is being added to go up to 14. I'm hoping the Connecticut carrot and the rumor that Brett McMurphy put out there uh, is just being done to pressure at minimum Arizona to join up. 
Um, but he also, Brett McMurphy in his tweet saying, hey, the Big 12 will have at least 14 members next year. They'll be adding either one or three more schools uh, before next year. Um, the Pac-12, the remaining, I guess the Pac-9, the remaining Pac-9 schools are on the table. And Memphis, San Diego State, and UNLV are also in the mix. Now, I would rank it UConn, San Diego State, Memphis, UNLV if I was the one calling the shots, if I was the one saying uh, these are the order of the teams. But at the end of the day, I want none of them. I want none of them. I'll get into um, a scenario in which I would be fine adding possibly UConn or possibly Memphis. I'll, I'll get there a little bit later on. But again... I think this would be a failure, not a F minus, but this is a D plus move as a conference if we are adding Colorado only to turn around and add one of those schools. Now, the rumors, the other schools that are being talked about, uh, who could be the 14th? Arizona. Arizona and Colorado, the entire time, uh, the second the Pac 12 became. Um, you know, put on shaky ground due to USC and UCLA deciding to go to the Big Ten. Arizona has been maybe the number one, if not number one, number two school who has seemed receptive to coming to the Big 12. So I would put Arizona, uh, and it was behind UConn, as the team I would predict uh, the most likely to become the 14th team, if you're only at 14. Uh, adding Arizona would be great. That would make adding Colorado, I would call it all a B, B+. Plus. Uh, you get a great basketball program. You get a football program that I think should be a lot better than it's been. Everyone throws around the term sleeping giant. Uh, but being you know the school in the state of Arizona, a, a state that has a lot, I, I would be... All for it. I'd be pretty excited. I think Arizona would be the team that I'd be most excited about adding. Uh, either them or BYU. I, I honestly, thinking back to it, I was kind of excited when we added West Virginia. But all in all, I would be excited about that. And if we're at 14, a number that everyone knows I hate, that at least would be stomachable. I'd be able to stomach it? I don't know. I'm not a wordsmith. I just talk into a mic. I would say that after Arizona, uh, and, and this would be tolerable, uh, Utah would be the next most likely if we're only going to be at 14. I, 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 All their fans and everything you hear coming from Utah um, makes me think that they're not keen on joining the Big 12. Um, I don't think they want to be in a conference with BYU, even though that would instantly become the rivalry of the conference, um, I, I, I put them at number two. And then beyond that, you start getting to some of these other rumors. Now, I, I don't put Arizona State, I, I don't think there's a scenario in which Arizona State would come by themselves, but there's rumors about Oregon. Uh, they had a Board of Regents meeting, but it was just to extend their head coach. You hear rumors about uh, Washington possibly wanting to come. Again, if the writing's on the wall at the Pac-12, why not 
come. Uh, again, if you're going to make more money, if you're going to be in a better conference, why not come in that scenario? Um, I, I think that those two could be wild cards. And then there is some Twitter smoke. There are some rumors that, hey, maybe Oregon State would be number 14. Now, I'd prefer, prefer Oregon State to UNLV. I think I would prefer Oregon State to San Diego State. I think I would prefer them to Memphis. I think maybe preferring them to UConn. Uh, but I, I'm not convicted in that. I, I, I don't think... I, I think if the, if adding Colorado and Oregon State, I think that's like a C-. minus. I mean, it's really going to depend on how you look at things on if that is a passing grade uh, addition for the conference or not. Um, I don't give much credence to it, uh, but it's out there, so I mentioned it. Um, what if they go to 16? That's where things get into play. Any team in the above scenario, uh, Washington, Oregon, Arizona State, uh, Air, Air, that's where Arizona State gets in. Uh, but Arizona, uh, Utah, Yukon, Memphis, I don't think there is a scenario in which you get to 16 where San Diego State or UNLV are on the table. I don't see that happening. I don't see the reason why that would happen. Um, but but I do think, hey, the Pac-12 schools and UConn come on board, all of them being a possibility for going up to 16. Now, I've said it time and time again, 16 is where I would want to go. I want nothing to do with 14. 14 is the worst number you can have when creating scheduling options. I think 16 is the way to go. Now, the conversation is, okay, if it's 16, do you want three more out west or two out west and one out east so you can do four by four scheduling a little easier? Ultimately, I don't think it matters too much to me. Um, if you're if you're saying that uh, Oregon and Washington are not part of the scenario, then I think I agree with my friend Philip Slavin and say, all right, bring on UConn in that scenario um, because I, I think I would prefer... UConn and 4x4 scheduling, which is four pods of four, over adding Arizona State. If you're giving me Colorado, Utah, and Arizona to couple with BYU to have your mountain pod, you have your big eight pod with uh, you know Iowa State, Oklahoma State, K-State, KU. Uh, you have your Texas pod of four Texas schools and four teams out east. I think that is what I would prefer to see if you're not going to be able to tempt Oregon and Washington to come over. All of that said, if you put a gun to my head right now, I I, I think that there is a really good chance that you could see both Washington and Oregon come. I think that if one of them comes, both of them are going to come because the pack will implode on itself. I truly believe that. And if you can deliver that death blow to the Pac-12, I think you're going to be, I think you're going to be sitting pretty. Um, and if that's the case, go ahead, uh, bring Arizona um, as well, and uh, or Utah. You can choose. You guys can duel it out, um, and then we'll figure out scheduling uh, either way. It'll be interesting to see what happens. 
It'll be interesting to see if we can avoid uh, what I would think would be shooting yourself in the foot. If, if you're adding UConn and it is just five years of 14, it'll be six straight years of 14, but five of them, including Colorado and UConn, I think it would be a mistake. I don't want that. Uh, we'll see what happens. Again, the next, God, the, the next month, uh, there's going to be a lot more conference realignment talk than I anticipated, and things are not looking great for the Pac-12. Let me know what you guys would think. Uh, do you want 4x4 four four scheduling with pods? Um, do, do you want to add two more teams out west and one out east? Or do you want three more from the west and, hey, we'll figure out scheduling pods with pods, whatever. We'll figure it out as we go. Let me know what you want to see. Uh, but ultimately, I, I do think as we're sitting here right now, I do think it is a great day to be a fan of the Big 12. I think it is a great day to be a K-State Wildcat. And uh, whether the mainstream media, whether the folks at The Athletic and ESPN uh, you know, want K-State to be part of major college athletics for the foreseeable future, they're going to have to deal with it. That's where I'm at. Uh, Charlie Hustle sponsoring the show. Again, they're back for another season. Uh, folks, it's almost August, which means it's almost time for another Charlie Hustle giveaway over on the Bosco's Boys Twitter account. So please keep an eye on that so you can get a free Charlie Hustle shirt of your own. Um, folks, some new NILTs are on the way. Uh, an eagle-eyed bonehead, an eagle-eyed K-State fan, actually found a little sneak peek of the next NIL shirt in one of the K-State football videos from this past week. Go find the video and see if you can see that shirt, that sneak peek And let me know if you found it. Beyond just that, they have officially licensed K-State stuff. They have all sorts of great Kansas City icon shirts and the famous KC Hart shirts. Vintage made fresh. Charlie Hustle, they truly are the best. A local company who are supporting this show and soon, hopefully, some others like it in the 1012 Network as well. So please check them out. CharlieHustle.com. Buy yourself a new K-State shirt. Hell, the first game is a stripe out. Find out if you're in a purple or white section for that first game and get yourself a shirt. They got plenty of purple and white options. I might go with like an ash gray. I might cheat a little bit, but it'll work out. CharlieHustle.com. Check them out today. All right. Um, to end this show, I, I've been I've been re-watching all of the K-State football games, at least all the wins. I'm not going back and watching any of those losses. And I really kind of came away thinking that from those teams, uh, guys that have left, because of course, uh, as you're going to hear, there are guys that I think will fill all these kind of status, you know, these, uh, not awards, but status symbols. Um, I think there are guys who can also reach that status on these upcoming teams, and they are on the teams last year. But I really think back to it. And last year, I, I, I think that there were two truly legendary, truly all-time great players who have put on the power cat in Deuce Vaughn and Felix Andy, DK Uzama. Um, again, both these guys are all Americans. I think both guys 
Uh, I think Deuce 100% and Felix has a shot at being Ring of Honor type guys. I think both of them are all-time greats at their position at K-State. Both guys, multiple-time, all Big 12 uh, type players. Uh, Felix, Defensive Player of the Year. Deuce Vaughn, two-time consensus first-team All-American. Absolute legends. I also think that a guy like Ty Zentner achieved the status of cult hero. Again, a guy who probably, actually, I feel bad. I like Ty. He's from Topeka. I hope he makes the Philadelphia Eagles. But he's not going to be a Ring of Honor guy. He's he's not going to be someone who's up on the Ring of Honor. Um, He was not someone who reached any sort of all-conference or all-American honors. But becoming the kicker, doing all three kicking duties, kickoff, punt, and field goal for the back half of the year, and being very good at both. Absolutely perfect as a place kicker. I think probably the second or third best punter. And he was very good at kickoffs as well. And of course has that game winning kick. With that smile. That moment. I think that is what cashed him in with that cult hero status. And then finally a duo that when the history books are written. When the lore of this era of K-State football is talked about, there is a duo that you're going to say, holy shit, those guys were damn good. And that's Echo Boydo and Julius Brents. Again, I don't think either one of them ended up achieving All-American status. Uh, Echo Boydo shooting for a practice squad position with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Julius Brents might be starting as a rookie for the Indianapolis Colts. Neither one are guys... Uh, that are going on the Ring of Honor. Neither guys, I think, probably are in your top five cornerbacks of all time at K-State. I mean, Julius Sprints may be in the top ten, but again, you've had a lot of great corners. Uh, But I think that duo will kind of go hand-in-hand. Julius and Echo thinking, damn, they were a good duo. I have my picks for two legends, one possible cult hero, and a duo that I think when the lore, when the history books, when this era of K-State football is talked about, I think we have candidates for all of those kind of status symbols on this year's team. Let's start with the legends. And I think one of them is already there. I, I, I think that one of these guys is there regardless. And it's now a matter of, is he the greatest of all time? And that's Cooper Beebe. Cooper Beebe is a two-time All-American, a two-time conference offensive lineman of the year. He decided to come back. He's going to be a future, at worst, second-round draft pick. I'm thinking he's going to be a first-round draft pick. It's going to be fun following mock drafts all season. Uh, Cooper Beebe usually, at least right now, uh, what, 10 months away from the draft? nine months away from the draft, uh, anywhere from 20 to 30. So a a first-round draft pick in a lot of mock drafts. Um, This guy already is a legend. Um, This is a guy who probably already has a shot, has an argument to be on the Ring of Honor. Now, what's left for this guy to accomplish besides winning another Big 12 title, uh, besides trying to win a major bowl game? 
if he could become a three-time conference lineman of the year, if he could become a consensus first-team All-American type guy, I think if he has hit any of those marks, I think you would have a very hard time looking at anyone else in the history of K-State football and say that Cooper Beebe is not the greatest offensive lineman. That is what's at, that's what's at stake for him coming into this season. I think he's going to get his money. I think he is going to get paid. But I think if he hits any of those accolades, I think you can make the argument that he should be the first K-State offensive lineman to go up on the ring of honor. I think Nick Lecky uh, should get up there eventually as well. But if you hit those accolades, I think Cooper should be the first. The second one, and, and I don't think I don't think that there's anything Will can do. Will Howard is the next one to be number one, the greatest. Um, I, I I think what Colin Klein and Michael Bishop, which uh, they, they were Heisman finalists. So I get I, I I take it back. If Will Howard uh, can get to be a Heisman Trophy candidate. Um, he, he could be in the conversation for the greatest of all time, but I do think he could cement himself as the number three best quarterback in K-State football history. If you look at the passing records, I think this says a lot about the history of K-State football, the style of play they have, um, and, and what Will's been able to do, some longevity there. But he can find himself... Uh, if he just stays at the same clip, the same pace he ended the season with as the all-time passing touchdown leader, he can put all sorts of black marks in his name all over the passing yards and touchdown single season, single game records uh, as we go here now. I think he already has the single game record. And if he could go back-to-back and be the first K-State quarterback in the modern era, because I don't know what was going on, you know, with Micah Hearns, uh, you know, Missouri Valley Intercollegiate Athletic Association titles way back when. Uh, But he could become the first modern era K-State football uh, quarterback to win two Big 12 championships. So if he could do that, if he could get on some All-American lists, if he could get, you know, on some All-Conference lists, if he could become a Heisman contender, uh, he could maybe go down as the best one we've ever had. I don't think he would get there. I, I think, you know, what Michael Bishop and Colin Klein were able to do, um, I, I think they're a little bit out of reach. But there's no doubt he can submit himself as number three. I think depending on how old you are, depending on what you value, uh, there's a lot of arguments of who might be number three. Um, I think Will Howard could very easily stamp himself as number three and cement himself as a Ring of Honor type guy. Um, Get some All-American love or even first team All-Big 12. Uh, Hell, even if you win a second Big 12 championship, uh, L. Roberson got up there only getting one. Um he's going to have an argument to get up on the ring of honor. And all it's going to take is something that, you know, that, that pace he was on last year, he might be able to put the stats up. He might be able to get the accomplishments to do it. The other one. And, uh, I, I didn't, I, I didn't originally mention him, but I do think that Ben Sennett has a chance to be mentioned as the best 
K-State tight end of all time. Now, there's a difference between being the best K-State tight end of all time because, quite frankly, that's that's not nearly as illustrious of a list as other positions. Um, I, I, I think he could be the best tight end of all time but not hit that legend status, uh, not hit that ring of honor status. Now, if he has a big season... If he goes on to get some All-American honors, if he goes on to set some more records, uh, and then he goes on and gets drafted early in the NFL draft, maybe he's going to be a fringe guy, a guy who you think about as being a possible Ring of Honor type guy, be a legend type guy. Um, And winning a second Big 12 title certainly would help that. So those are the two, two and a half contenders, I think, for hitting legendary status coming into this year. The guy who I think I have pegged as possibly being uh, cult hero status, and this is tough to predict, because really if you look at uh, Ty Zentner, it's kind of you know a niche situation where he's playing three positions and playing it well, having that magical moment, and even before that magical moment, having that viral moment of that smile as he comes onto the field. That's all tough to predict. The guy I ended up pegging to be that is Daniel Green. And now this is a totally different reasoning. And this is a guy who has been all-conference before. Um, So it's not like he uh, doesn't already have some big-time accolades. But if you look back at the Daniel Green career, this is a guy who committed to K-State, verbally committed to K-State, back in the fall of 2016. He was part of the 2017 signing class. Because he was a senior, his senior football season was 2016. He put pen to paper in February of 2017. But he had to go to prep school. You know, he didn't make it to campus. He made it to campus in the spring of 2018, He redshirted that football season, and now he is going to play in his fifth season, or sixth season, uh, thanks to the COVID rules. This is a guy who has been around K-State football and been in the K-State football lexicon for eight years. From when he was a high school senior to him being a COVID super senior, this is a guy who has been in and around the world of K-State football maybe longer than any other player uh, in the history of K-State football. Now, there have been other guys who are going to end up doing that full COVID eligibility, redshirt, COVID season, and then your full four years, 100%. But when you take into account that he was a four-star commitment at a time, we weren't getting many four-star commitments. He had to go to prep school. Everyone was just waiting on pins and needles to get this man to Manhattan, Kansas. And then he's gone on to play this many years. I think he might kind of have that cult hero type status when you look back on this era of K-State football. Now the final group, the holy shit that was a damn good duo. I think it's going to be DJ Giddens and Treshawn Ward. I think Ward and Giddens, Giddens and Ward, I think both of these guys are capable 
of having a thousand yards from scrimmage. I think DJ is going to get a few more touches. I think he's going to end up with a few more yards. But both of these guys are going to be capable of being anywhere between 800 and 1100 all-purpose, or not all-purpose, but yards from scrimmage uh, together. I, I, I think they could both combine. I think it's going to go over 1,500, and it could be over 2,000 between the two of them. I think that they are both that good. Now, you're replacing Deuce Vaughn. No one's going to be Deuce Vaughn. Uh, neither one of them are going to go down as arguably the greatest running back in K-State football history. I mean, it's Deuce or Darren Sproles. I lean towards Darren Sproles, but I could come up with a pretty good argument. I could make an argument for Deuce Vaughn. I don't think either one of them are going to hit those highs, but I think that especially, say, three, four years from now, when you look back at the stats, when you go back and look at box scores from this season, folks are going to be shocked to be like, oh, man. They both went for 110 yards uh, from scrimmage that game. Damn, that was a good duo. And I do think both of them will have NFL careers in front of them. I think both of them are capable of being all-conference, even with splitting touches almost evenly. So that's what I have. Uh, Let me know what you agree with. Let me know what you disagree with. Uh, Can Cooper Beebe... Is Cooper Beebe already the greatest offensive lineman we've ever had? How high can Will Howard go on your power ranking of K-State quarterbacks? Can Ben Sennett do enough to be a legend and would just being the greatest K-State tight end of all time, would that be enough for him to have that status? Who's your prediction for Colt Hero status? And am I off base? Tell me if I'm too high on the duo of Giddens and Ward. Let me know your thoughts. Then let's all have a great weekend. Again, Blitz Month kicks off next week. I think, hope, fingers crossed, we're going to have two different guys on to preview the season. Start that off. Again, we already have a great show on Monday with Jimmy previewing the entire Big 12 I can't wait. It's going to be a good one. So for Chauncey Bosco, the best dog in the world, for all five Big 8 schools who are now reunited in the Big 12, have a great weekend. We love you guys. And go Cats.
fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. We face state wildcats for alma mater. Fight, 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 fight. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be. Network.